Hello everyone, welcome to Rich Hill Tiger Talk. I'm your host, Dr. D. Santos. We've got a great show for you today. I got a special guest and two Ridgefield guests. I would like to welcome to the show. Uh, well, first we'll have to introduce ourselves. Uh, Rick, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, uh, thank you for inviting me to be here this morning, Wes. Um, uh, my name is Rick Sadlon. Um, I had worked in the uh, Darien Public Schools actually for about 25, 30 years as a teacher and an administrator. Right now, I'm uh, retired from uh, that position. I'm the executive director of the Connecticut Arts Administrators Association that works with arts leaders in arts uh, curriculum, assessment, um, standards all through the state right now. And I'm also um, in my spare time on the board of directors of the Waterbury Symphony. Oh, that's amazing. Awesome. And, you know, I'm born and raised in Waterbury, so uh, beautiful synth. I've seen them at the Palace Theater many times. Mm -hmm. um, also on the show joining us is Linda. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Linda. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Linda Johnson. I'm the Director of Elementary Education. I work here uh, across the district in all of our elementary schools. I work alongside our administrators, our teachers, supporting the development and implementation of curriculum. Um, which does include our essentials and content areas. Great. And last but not least, uh, people call him Mac, but it's uh, Michael McNamara. Uh, tell us a little about yourself. Thanks, Wes. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. I am the 612 Visual and Performing Arts Department Chair, and I'm also the Orchestra Director at Ridgefield High School. Uh, I've been teaching in Ridgefield for 17 years now. I'm also a resident. We absolutely love the community and, um, and the arts and music programs in our schools. That's great. All right, well, let's get into it. So uh, before I get started, uh, I believe, Rick, you you were traveling recently, and we're very excited to have you here on the podcast in your free time. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your super busy schedule. But um, I, I think what you were off doing was uh, pretty cool. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, my wife is a visual artist and has always been as a graduate from the Hartford Art School. Um, and one of the things on her list of things to do um, was to visit Santa Fe, New Mexico. So uh, when we kind of combined a little bit of a road trip. We visited some family in Phoenix, and then we spent about three or four days in, in Santa Fe, which is, I learned, this is the third largest art market in the United States, um, wow. next to New York, Los Angeles, and Santa Fe. We met several people from Connecticut and New York area who transplanted themselves to Santa Fe. There's a place called Canyon Road on Santa Fe that's a half a mile on either side, complete art galleries, I think 50 to 60 art galleries. There's wow. nothing like it in the country. So we spent and indulged ourselves in fine high-end art for two or three days. And um, it, was, it was really great. It was really great. So thank you for asking, but we, uh, that was on our list of things to do and we were not disappointed. That sounds like an, an incredibly enriching experience. That's so cool. I never would think that that would be like one of the biggest art hubs, like the third biggest one. You always think of, yeah, I could definitely see like New York or LA, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, a lot of the artists there um, in the galleries were from all over the world, basically. I mean, it's high-end art from all over the world, but there, a large percentage of the artists in, in the galleries are from the Santa Fe area. They've moved there and have this really um, rich community. Of, of art and artists so um no it was it was, a, it was a great great place to visit and really really cool and very like you said inspiring and motivational 
That's great. Well, you know, that's a great segue to our show today, and that is uh, art in our community and in our educational community. Uh, you uh, have recently started working with RPS. Can you tell us a little bit about your professional background and your work with curriculum? Yeah, you know, as part of the um, being in, in the Arts Administrators Association, for the last 25 years, maybe more than that, uh, we run a summer arts institute every summer, which works on curriculum and assessment standards-based um, uh, lessons and units. And we do that every summer for a week at the University of Hartford. And we get people from all over the state and from out of state even to come to this Arts Institute to work on curriculum. So each year, and I learn as much as anybody doing that this um, each summer, but it's, we have a great team that, that works there. And the people coming in are from all over the um, all over the state and all over even New England and um, sharing ideas, developing standards-based curriculum. And uh, we, it helps me keep on top of all the changes and, and, and innovations in curriculum. That's actually an interesting bit of information because I'm curious, how does that work into art standards in general? If you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, the, the, the current arts standards, national core art standards, were developed in 2014, okay? okay. Um, before that, it was sometime in the, in the mid-90s, late 90s, I think maybe 96, but the, the current art standards changed to reflect what's going on in our society and in our, in, our, uh, um, in our country and, and developing, so in, in education, I should say. So... Um, one of the big changes was the old standards were all pretty much product based, like what okay. kids are, you know, producing. And that the new standards are all conceptual based. I'm learning new concepts, and it's it's about the process versus the product a little bit more. So um, the new standards also incorporate. Um, there's a term here, and if there's one term that I have to just leave you with, yeah, the basis of all. Uh, of the, the standards and, and the art standards is artistic literacy. Um, we okay. want to create artistically literate uh, citizens to participate in the arts for the rest of their life. So that means we want them to be independent learners, um, literate. You know, when you're, when you're thinking about reading and literacy, you want people to be able to read the rest of their life. Yeah. We want people to engage in the arts on a high level, whether they want to produce it or they just want to consume art for the rest of their lives. So artistic literacy was one of those overarching concepts of the new standards. That's a really interesting way of framing it. I never really thought of it like that. Um, now, it's it's impressive that you know we had those standards in the 90s, and then we had it in 2014. And then you realize 2014 is almost 10 years ago. Uh, that's when most people didn't, still did not have iPhones. Uh, it was a different time how quickly the world has changed. Uh, how, can that, how can that work into how the modern student experiences uh, art changing over those years? I, would, I could say that those interpretations could be changed. Well, you know, one of, one of the, the new areas of, in this new standards that they added was media arts, for instance. Wow. And media arts is kind of working its way into even what you might consider the traditional art classes, but media arts, um, just think about film. When you think about media, you're thinking about, you're really dealing with the arts, yeah. you know? So um, it's just the visual arts, it's color, it's lighting, mm -hmm. it's, it's theater, 
it's drama, you know, it's, it's, um, it's all of those things and the music part of visual. So even to have a website and website design, you know, you have to have, a, you have to have some sort of background or yeah. um, knowledge and yeah. training and what, what makes a good website, you know, even that and the colors and, and all that. So, so th that's creeping its way into the tr traditional visual art classes. And I would say as well as the music classes, but so we didn't have music technology classes mm -hmm. um, th several years ago, but I, I think it's, it's rare where the school that doesn't have some sort of music technology yeah. class now. Yeah, I would say, I mean, we're doing a big push in our district recently with video and media production. I think post-COVID, people realize that having those skill sets in their back pocket is important. Uh, I, I could see how it can be confusing when someone looks at, let's say, uh, a district usage of time, how many recommended X minutes of, quote unquote, like would, would be seen as our essentials, a district may do more or less. How could that work in? Because you, you kind of gave us examples that it's just not straight, I would say, traditional art. How is that different? You know, I think one big untapped resource in our schools, and I'm not just talking Ridgefield, but all throughout the state, is the fact how art integrates itself into others, every subject yeah. and, and, and the arts. So, and when you're talking about presenting or presentations and, and all using all that. So I think there's a, a, an untapped um, area that we all need to look at and that in, in our whole state and maybe in the country is more interdisciplinary um, work between different content areas because it's all leading into the same and, and how the arts yeah. can support um, other areas as well. Um, every district has uh, a different set of resources, scheduling is different, mm -hmm. all of all of that. So um, every you know school districts are doing their best. And I know uh, this might be a question jumping ahead a little bit, but different DERGs have different resources available yeah. to them. And, and, and as far as the scheduling goes, um, you know, there are priorities, they're trying to fit this all into one school day is not always easy. Um, but I think the fact that we're using art to, um, get into other subject areas yeah. and, and you know music deals with history all the time music deals with um uh, presenting things all the time music deals with communication all the time and and i think one other thing that the arts really bring in that we, we can use the arts for is that there's a whole social emotional learning part of yeah. uh, of and all those competencies that the arts really bring to the forefront i mean one thing i've noticed seeing especially uh Recently, I was working with some LMS, uh, uh, one of our, some of our amazing librarians in our library media centers. Uh, they were doing stop motion videos to show off photosynthesis, digital citizenship. So I, I like to see coming alongside of the traditional art, we have modern digital photography, digital illustration, yep. animation, video production, using places as makerspaces, 3D printers, just things that are I would say they're so new, but they kind of intersect with artistic. Would you say that that's kind of like a, a, a broad art appeal literacy wise? That's definitely. I mean, like everybody's got a cell phone now. Everybody's taking pictures. You know, yes. before it was, you know, you had to bring the camera. Now every kid's doing it. They're enhancing their photos. They're, they're um, adding music to their videos. They all have websites. They're creating, you know, one big 
push and the new standards too is the creating and f as far as music mm -hmm. art people always are creating they're they're making things and they're doing but um using creating and responding to music but creating and making their own and that's the goal of our curriculum is that kids are creative and they're making new things bringing new things into the world through their own eyes oh, that's great now now how does that connect to our art curriculum in our elementary schools I think uh, well, Linda, you might you might want to be the expert on that one. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, Wes. I'd be happy to jump in. Um, so first, I'd like to say, Rick, it's so great being here with you today. You know, we we've worked on various projects in the past, and it's just always a pleasure to work alongside you. Um, just really, really good feeling, good work. Um, so yeah, I'd be happy to talk a little bit about our curriculum and the work that we do here in Richfield. Um, so similar to what Rick was just describing in terms of being aligned to standards, integrating across content areas, bringing in that social emotional learning piece, um, our, our curriculum is, uh, it does include the arti artistic process, that creating, presenting, responding, and connecting. Uh, our, our elementary art curriculum really does act as a roadmap for our teachers in, in terms of what they're teaching and what we want our students to learn. Um, and we have a consistent, coherent curriculum across all six elementary schools. Um, you've heard me talk about this in the past, possibly at, at other presentations or meetings in different content areas. Uh, you know, we, we do um, develop our curriculum in a similar way for elementary art. You know, it typically includes um, bringing a team of teachers together and they work collaboratively uh, on developing that curriculum. Um, you know, we, we put together a pretty comprehensive scope and sequence of units, and they, those units are aligned to the standards, um, best practices and instruction, and uh, we're also looking at common assessments. And our units really do tell us what our students need to know and be able to do uh, as a result of their experiences in our class. Um, and it's, it's important to know when we think about our units uh, in grades kindergarten through fifth grade, we have a unit in drawing, painting, ceramics, and mixed media. And then printmaking is introduced in first grade and it's continued through the fifth grade. Oh, that sounds a lot of fun stuff. I, a lot of stuff I remember doing too. A lot of really cool activities. Now, recently I was at the Board of Education meeting about a week ago and some questions were raised in the allocation of art time in comparison to let's say either other districts or other, other ways uh, art has been deployed at elementary levels. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about elementary art essentials and how we allocate times in our district? I, I can start off that conversation. Um, yeah, so, so in, um, in terms of all of our essential classes, art, music, PE, library and media, media center, um, our, our classes meet for 45 minutes once in a six-day cycle. Uh, PE does meet twice in that cycle. And then music and library media have an extra class per cycle per semester. So for example, the first semester grades three through five receive library media center classes twice in that cycle. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, and the can you explain why students might get more music than visual arts as they move through the elementary level? Oh. I can jump in here, Wes, yeah. if that's okay. Sure. Um, 
Yeah, so in the fourth and fifth grade, the the students um, get introduced to the opportunity to play an instrument. So they can start with strings in fourth grade and then choose to either continue with strings or try a band instrument in fifth grade. Um, and what happens is at the middle school level, they end up getting tracked. You know, like uh, while art skills can be a little bit more general based, the, the specialties don't really come when a student really wants to specialize until the high school level. But to play an instrument, the kids really need to kind of like choose a path in order to develop the requisite skills to be successful at that. So at the elementary level, we're looking at um, most of their music education is, is, is in a general sense with um, the ancillary part being uh, the instrument stuff. And then that becomes flipped in sixth to 12th grade. Um, so in sixth grade, they'll more students participate in music making and in the ensembles. Um, so uh, because of that, the kids need to get a little bit more time um, at, at the elementary school in order to have that experience to decide how they're going to track throughout middle school and high school. Um, Wes, if I could just interject too. Sure. Um, I, I've seen, I see districts all over the state. So, um, uh, and I just have to tell you, we have such a great team in Ridgefield and, and the music, I've dealt yeah. with the music curriculum and, and guys like Mac and, and, and Sean and all these, these, I mean, they're very dedicated, uh, hardworking teachers. And what I have to tell you is that at the elementary level, since you asked about music yeah. versus art, those teachers teach, not only do they teach uh, general music classes um, that they, they see them, but they also, which is uncommon, and I mean, it's not unheard of, but it's uncommon, is that a lot of those teachers, all those teachers teach band as well. Um, during the school day and all the lessons. So the kids come down for homogeneous groupings of lessons of yeah. trumpets, clarinet, saxophone. Mm -hmm. So they're teaching those, um, those lessons as well and a chorus. So we're getting a lot out of our teachers here. Mm -hmm. And when I, I mentioned to some of them in some of our sessions and curriculum, I said, you know, do you like that? Or, uh, you know, are, are, is this like too much for the, almost to a person, they all said, we love teaching band as yeah. general music and you know and they have the, not too many teachers in the district see the kids from kindergarten through fifth grade they yeah. develop a special relationship with those those kids and i think it even helps the instrumental program mm -hmm. because they're saying like okay now join the band or the orchestra and they have a relationship with those kids over a, a long period of time so um we get a lot out of our teachers in richfield Oh, that's that's great to uh, listen. I know that for sure. Um, Linda, too, you you've actually noticed some really cool things happening in the libraries at the elementary level. So yeah, sure. I mean, a lot of great things are happening in our library media centers. Um, you mentioned earlier, Rick and NYSU as well. The the practice of integrating across our curriculum areas. So how do we bring, for example, science? Um, are into our library media, specifically the makerspace. So uh, as part of our integrated studies curriculum, which is science and social mm -hmm. studies, we have specific units that are aligned to the next generation science standards. So when I think about the next generation science standards, we have those three dimensions um, that, that we teach into science and engineering practices, uh, disciplinary core ideas and cross-cutting concepts. And under those science practices, um, we do look at STEM, science, technology, mm. engineering, and mathematics. And we, you know, in specific units, we do have STEM projects where we collaborate alongside our library media 
teachers uh, to, to really bring our students into a STEM experience. And now what we're starting to do is make some shifts on how could we bring the arts into that curriculum as well, um, whether it be through illustration, animation, um, and other, just various ways of, of how to, again, integrate um, our digital citizenship curriculum, looking at what our students are learning during art class, and then bringing in that content of either science or social studies, really to, to give a comprehensive approach to our students' learning so that they're seeing how well it all connects, which then, of course, makes their learning a lot more meaningful. And, you know, I, I got to see this recently firsthand. I believe it was at Farmingville uh, where uh, the LMS uh, person there did a great job in training the students how to use animation software and then later worked with the teachers, I believe for a fourth grade like photosynthesis project and made animations about photosynthesis for a project. So it's really cool. I think you said it best cross-cutting concept where we're having, mm -hmm. uh, where you know, the students get to learn about the visual medium in this course and then they get to apply it in their classroom with help from that course. So uh, it's really cool kind of integration there. Yeah, for sure. And it, it just, yeah. it really emphasizes why the kids are learning, right? Like, why is yeah. my teacher teaching me that? Why am I learning it? Oh, I get it. Because then I can dot, use dot, it. Dot, yeah, <laughs> I can actually use it. Um, now, I know today's podcast focuses mainly on VPA, but we actually get requests all the time for additions in our elementary program. Can you just uh, briefly give us some of the types of requests we get, Linda, to in addition to our current uh, educational offerings at the elementary level? So yes, yes, Wes, you're right. We, we do get all different types of feedback um, about our curriculum or you know, what's happening in our schools. And, and I would like to say that world languages are a big one, along with STEM, which I just mm -hmm. spoke a little bit about, um, technology, you know, very, various viewpoints. They are all very important to us. We value all of those areas equally. Um, and as you would imagine, you know, if, if we were to ask different people what they would want, um, most of them would probably pick, you know, the answers would be different based upon what people value, what their mm -hmm. interests are. are. Um, so when we think about developing curriculum, we really need to be thoughtful about how much change we bring into our schools at once. So I'm thinking about our elementary program um, and working alongside my colleagues, whether it's building administrators or you know, our, our district teams, we do think about how much change is happening at once. And we are very, very intentional in terms of our planning. Um, and it, it's not only um, thinking about how much change for, change for our teachers, it's also our students, how much new are we bringing into their, their days? And then of course, you know, we need to think about the financial standpoint, um, thinking about the cost, the budget, and you know, what is supported in terms of bringing in change into our school days. Um, so, you know, that said, I, I think you'll be hearing more and more about the requests that do come in from our community members. And um, we think about budget cycles, we prioritize, you know, we have our district priorities, we, we visit them. Um, but yes, you know, yes, Wes, thanks for asking that. And, and we'll just keep working towards it. Oh, that's great. The, um, or gracias. Uh, <laughs> um, I would say this, I, I would say one, one of the, the paths to 
understanding something and can also kind of lead you down some other not so great paths is constantly comparing yourself, right? Sometimes you want to look at other districts, what other places are doing so you can get insight of how you can move forward. But again, it's also not a one-to-one -one comparison. Every district is different, especially here in Connecticut. They're drastically different. Um, and I know like we don't like to say we compare ourselves with others, but how do we compare ourselves with our Durgay counterparts in these um in these sort of situations. I, well, I can I can step in here and I can just tell you the work done in the last couple of years uh, with Susie, Corey, uh, Linda, Mack, in the music department, I can't speak to art because I was involved in the music curriculum, went from here to here, you know, it, it just, the progress made there was unbelievable. As, as Matt can tell you, in one year, everything from the infrastructure of the curriculum to having Mac as the, their uh, uh, arts leader uh, in there. And then um, there was some, the board supported with new instruments that hadn't been received in many, many years. Um, it, it went from, and I, I'll just tell you from a curriculum standpoint, they went from having a very scattered um, kind of curriculum based on old standards and there was pockets of teachers in each district to having a unified approach that's probably one of the most cutting edge, um, up-to-date curriculum in the state right now because they oh, just... Wow. they Well, it's the, it's the newest one that I've done and people are... are are um, you know catching up to that now up to the standards and there's still a lot of districts in the, throughout the state that don't have an up-to-date mm -hmm. 2014 standards and as you said earlier Wes that that was eight years ago yeah um, and so Richfield last year last couple of years really really made unbelievable progress and and support in in the music department and and from what i understand um you can't do everything all at once all together you know and, yep. and i know they're look, working at on pathways for the art program looking at that curriculum uh, bringing things up to date so one step at a time and, and in education things take you know it's a, a year-long budget cycle. exactly yep things take a little bit of time and patience and i and i know this team is is like uh, has the best interest of the students um, at my at the forefront of their minds, I should say. And I think that's and, and important. Rick, that can, we, I, can I just, Wes, can I jump in there? I, I think it's just really important um, to highlight the work of our teachers here, right? They're, they are a big part of this curriculum development process. Um, we, we develop the curriculum with teachers on our team, whether it's art, music, PE, reading, writing, math, whatever it might be. So teacher voice is there. Um, and, and our art teachers at the elementary and really K-12, they are talented. They are talented artists themselves. And they bring incredible energy and expertise to their lessons every single day. Um, and, and they're constantly reflecting on how the kids are responding to their teaching, to their projects. And as they you know, come across new ideas, go to different professional learning sessions, they bring that back into their art studios and look at how they can you know, mix things up if, if that's what the students need. That's great. Yeah, I would say we're taking, we're trying to be proactive rather than reactive on a lot of these things because we know things are changing. You even said that those, those standards are almost 10 years old. And uh, you know we we're, we continue to move forward, which leads me to my next question. 
kind of like what's new this year? I know there's been changes at the elementary level with like Art Leap. Uh, there's other items happening in the secondary level. Like wh what's happening this year that we can say has been something moving us forward? Well, I would I would just say that uh, having Michael Mike Mac Mike McNamara as the the um, six twelve arts coordinator is a is a huge leap of faith for the for that program and having a, a, an arts leader that really cares about that program and that's new this year. I mean, he wasn't yeah. that person before, but I already see changes and and um, he's being more active in the arts administrators and wanting to know what's going on around the state. Mm -hmm. Um, bringing that to, back to Ridgefield, um, I, I, I'll just throw that out as one thing uh, that's that's been different. But I think that's a real positive move in the right direction. I'll, I'll add to that, Rick, by saying um, it having Mac to work with this year has really brought in a K twelve perspective. Um, Mac and I meet and on a pretty regular basis, and we really think about um, what what it means kindergarten through 12th grade and developing that vision together. Um, and, and I'll give you an example of that. During some of our professional learning days, we've brought the entire department together, K-12. So what you know, it's, it's art and music at times working uh, collaboratively, or it might be art K-12 or arts K-5. So that collaboration and through line from elementary all the way into secondary um, is a very, very important part of our process. You know, and I know I know Mac's been working with uh, Cindy Parsons, who is a, a, one of my colleagues at, at the state level, um, who is an art person, an art curriculum person, and they're going to be like we did with music, reviewing the art curriculum, making sure everything's up to date, making sure everything's in place, looking at it K twelve um, and all that stuff. So I, I think they're just you know, really great things ahead for that. And you know, the district wouldn't have to do that. You know to say, okay, now let's review our art curriculum. We did our music curriculum last year. Now we're going to review our art curriculum and see what comes out of that. Because I know that the, the working on curriculum in many districts, the best thing to come out of that is the conversations with all those great art educators that we have, like Linda was just saying, put them at the table, let them work through things and come together with a lot of different ideas and, and work through that whole um, process of how do we make the best art experience for the kids in Ridgefield. So um, that that's going to be something new and that's still yet to come. And that's great. And I know we connect with uh, many community members too. This one great thing about RPS, you know, we have great connections to the Aldrichie Museum, the Contemporary Art Theater. There's a lot of really cool things happening. Um, and I know, uh, Mac, if you want to just kind of give a little bit of a secondary perspective on some of the new things we're doing this year. Sure. Yeah, we've been we've been working hard. Uh, the teachers and, and I uh, and with Ryan Dunn at the elementary level, making sure that we're connecting the elementary to the uh, to the middle and then the high school. Um, one of the things we're working on this year is the success world of our middle school lessons model into eighth grade next year and completing the third and final phase of integrating this important component of a comprehensive music education for our kids. Um, as Rick already mentioned, we have a state-level arts consultant coming in. She has many, many years of experience um, to look at our visual arts curriculum and our program infrastructure so we can optimize and align the K-12 experience for our students. Um, she'll begin work with us uh, in February, uh, and she's coming in for three uh, for three of the PD sessions we have for the remainder of the year. And um, 
you know, as Rick said before, like a lot of stuff came together uh, for music really quickly. Um, and he's too humble of a person to pat himself on the back. But we, we, we owe that to his leadership. You know, he came in, he's he's seen it all. And he kind of just saw what we had and what needed to be done. And it came it all came together very quickly. And we're hoping uh, that Cindy Parsons will be able to do the same for our art program. Um, we continue to partner with the community through our collaboration with the Richfield Symphony Orchestra at the high school level, where twice a year members of the RSO come in and do workshops with the orchestra and band students. We're working closely with our parent booster group, Richfield Music Parents, to continue mm -hmm. to find funding with an eye on expanding the program to the middle schools on some level for next year. Um, speaking of parent boosters, we're underway to create Richfield Arts Parents, and our arts teachers have been reaching out to interested parents to form a board of directors. Parent booster groups really play an important role in the arts as they would for sports. They provide students with supplementary experiences and opportunities and foster community between the different levels. And when a community is strong and engaged, programs thrive. Um, the proof of this is what uh, strong parent engagement has done for our music program. We've introduced two new visual arts courses at RHS, so we're right now promoting them to our students. The first is Unified Arts, which is a course designed to bring together students with differing needs and creating art together and building oh, that's great peer-to-peer -peer relationships. We're super excited about that one. Yeah. Um, then Graphic Design, uh, which is an evolution replacement of our computer art courses. Um, that's going to focus on creating digital art with an eye on uh, building career skills in that field. And we were able to get students uh, an option to take photography and graphic design as STEM credits, which would allow more flexibility and pathways for them in their schedule. Um, I've done numerous site visits this year. We're, like I, I've gone to Westport in particular because um, they have a very strong uh, program. There. I've been there twice to, to see the middle and the high school. Um, we're going out to see Hall High School next month. Um, we, we've been talking to uh, Farmington, which also has a strong arts program. And finally, through the Ridgefield Arts Council, we're working on our artists or schools to get some artists to come in and work with the kids and talk to them about arts careers um, and, and all that that would have to offer. So we're very excited about all the stuff that we're doing uh, and expanding into next year. Oh, that's great. What actually, that's a great segue. So the the last question I'm going to have for this podcast is, what are we planning to do for next year? I can, I'm actually going to start this one off because uh, I've been working with everyone here um, on my end of technology. And so we're very excited that we're going to be bringing video editing to the library media specialist for fourth and fifth, fifth graders. And we're also bringing back media production, which is both uh, video editing, video production, audio editing, audio production at the high school level, which is something that was sorely missing at the high school level. Uh, but this gives the uh, LMS, especially at the elementary level, more opportunity and more resources to have the kids work with digital art, uh, animations, illustrations, and hopefully now more, more robust video editing for fourth and fifth graders. And then we also have other stuff for the, the K through three. Don't worry, we don't forget about K through three on that stuff, but we definitely have a lot of cool stuff. We're beginning more student-run news programs at the elementary level, so they're getting really cool interactions with technology. Are, they're making graphics, they're, making, they're doing sound checks, they're doing a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, on that level. So that's just from the, the tech guy's point of view. Um, but like, what are some of the other cool things that we're looking to do next, next year uh, in the uh, VPA world? I can add on a little bit there to, just to start it off, Wes. Um, and you know, I'm super excited to be working alongside you and, and library media specialists on this project. Um, 
of, of really how we can design lessons for our students and their various cycles around what you just mentioned and providing them the content, right? Like to do that work that you described, Wes, students need to have content to be talking about, creating with. So that's where we might look at our, our science or social studies areas to bring in the content and connect it to the arts that they're going to be using. That's awesome. And then what about at the uh, secondary level? Um, so we're really just going to be continuing to look at our programming at the high school, um, you know, and, and trying to offer kids and modernize our classes and, and starting to think about art beyond uh, what we might have viewed as traditional before. And so we'll be doing stuff with developing our curriculum. I'm going to continue to learn as much as I can and go explore other arts districts. I'm going to continue to lean on our new arts consultant. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm really, uh, a lot of the work I think we're going to do next year is going to depend on the outcome of, of her coming in and working with us for the remainder of this year so we can, um, you know, drive our, our bus in the right direction. And, and yes, Mac, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, that, that art consultant is going to work at the elementary level as well, as you mentioned earlier. And we're very, very excited about that work. Um, you know, we've done some of that work already with our Art Leap. You know, uh, Wes, you mentioned that earlier, where Art Leap has now expanded into grades four for the first time this year. Um, so that's grades four and five who are now part of that art enrichment experience during their school day. Um, so we are looking forward to working with that consultant. We've also been talking about, thinking about engaging with more illustrators with our students, um, such as artists in residence. And we're also open to exploring additional or different field trips, making connections within the community. Um, you know, oftentimes our teachers will present new ideas or opportunities, and then we discuss it, we take a look at the whole picture, and then we decide what is best in terms of those partnerships or um, assured experiences for field trips across the, across the town or area. So cool. Um, and and kind of like one last thing, uh, Rick, so I want to thank you so much for, for being on this show, taking the time out of your busy schedule. Um, what are you kind of excited for Ridgefield from someone who is at the state level? You get a bird's eye view of everything. You get to see how every other places work. Um, what do you see uh, what, what gets you excited for Ridgefield in the coming years? There is so much potential. And it's all been realized, but this this team that you have, work administrative team, you know, what, let me just back up a second. What I'm most concerned about, I'll go into a district and we'll work on curriculum. And it's a document and everybody agrees and we're all, we all come together and sit at the table and we come up with some big decisions about when things should happen, what kids should know and be able to do at each end of each grade level. And then I leave pretty much, but um, so, um, what's really important is to have a leadership team like you have here who sincerely cares about the arts, who's going to follow that up, like a Mac, for instance, like a Corey, like a Linda, um, that's going to follow that up and make sure that that curriculum is implemented. You know, you have this infrastructure set here, and now what? You know, exactly, yeah. You know, and there's a, a joke, you know, or an old Say, you know, like, oh, we, we do this curriculum every five years. Where is it? I don't know. It's sitting up on the shelf somewhere, yeah. <laughs> you know, or it's sitting up. Yeah. No, that's not what this is. This is making it a living, working document that's evolving all the time. 
You know, so that that puts it into the hands of our leadership team here, very competent hands, I should say, um, led by Susie and and going in the right direction. These things don't happen overnight. They take a little bit yeah. of time. But um, I feel like Richfield is really on the rise um, in visual and performing arts. So um, congratulations to this team and continued success. Oh, well, thank you so much for those uh, kind words. And um, well, I think that's it. I, I, uh, I think the podcast is uh, at a close. Just, but don't worry. Don't worry. I want everyone who's listening to this podcast to tell their friends and f friends, family, and countrymen, just go on your favorite podcasting app, whether it's iTunes and Android or Spotify, type in Ridgefield, boom, Tiger Talk pops up right on top. We're the number one podcast here in Ridgefield. Just let everyone know. Um, we might have another podcast for you this week. We're having a, a, a double header, uh, so keep an eye out for that. But I just want to thank our wonderful guests for taking the time out of your incredibly busy day. So thanks to Rick, Linda, and Mac. Thank you so much. Our pleasure. Yeah, pleasure. Was thanks, great. thanks for having us. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Wes. Uh, no thanks problem. Um, and so uh, just uh, this is uh, Dr. D signing off, wishing everyone a great week.